tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. Good morning, Swarm! And welcome to the Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Well, awesome. Joining me as always, Xavier Guerrero, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you guys? Doing good. I'm, I'm okay. Okay, Johnny, sounds like you're full on in a good time. Guys, just want to thank everybody from Buffalo for coming out and crushing. Sorry about the bills, and I am really sorry about that. Josh <laughs> Allen is a fucking stud, okay? And you you got a bright future. The, the swarm in Buffalo is amazing. Smoke shows in Buffalo. Thank you for just being pretty. And Bill's Mafia, I fucking love you. I can't wait to come back to Buffalo. Guys, if you want to see me live, I am going to be with these crazy kids. We're going to be at Long Beach. There's only 20 tickets left Damn. to the first show total. And then there's about five tickets seated left and a couple for the second. Uh, uh, the rest is standing room only. Grab your tickets now, dude. Grab them now. Okay, because they're going to be done by the end of the week. They'll be gone. So go to samtriplee.com and grab them. The the Hammers of the Gods tour is kicking off at the end of the month, at the end of February. Excuse me. I will be. I'm going New Orleans, Nashville, and then Georgia. Okay, bang, 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 pow. Just grab your tickets now. Grab them because uh, if we don't sell tickets, we don't come back. But I want to come see you. I can't wait to go to New Orleans. Can't wait to go to Nashville. Can't wait to see you in Jefferson, Georgia. Grab those tickets now. We got premium content on Rockfin. More than $10 gets you hours and hours and hours and hours a week. $10. Across the whole thing, you want to grab a t-shirt, go to TimFallHatTshirts.com. Or you can just go to samtriplee.com and grab all, just click banners with links, take you everywhere you want to go, support the show. It's a great way to support the show. Anything else, guys? That's it. We're rocking. Guys, go grab your tickets to Long Beach, man. Long Beach, Bakersfield. Everyone's going to be there. It's going to be a great show. We love you very much. Enjoy. This great show with Deco, man. We're talking mental discipline and everything like that. Enjoy the Go show. Deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the All right, let's get into it, man. I'm uh, very excited to, to do this podcast. You know, I know Zero is more of a spiritual podcast, but I think it's important to uh, really focus on, like, how can you... Uh, deal with the world as you learn more about it, right? I think it's very important because you could have all the information in the world about all the whatever the power bottom lizard people are doing, okay? We could do that, but like, what do you do with that information? How do you deal with that information? You know, and the uh, common theme on this show is that we always look inside and deal with whatever's going on out there 
by what's going on in here. And I think this is a very important discussion because we don't get taught these stuff. So I'm very excited to have this next gentleman on. Uh, we've already had a fun conversation with him. So I'm excited for him to be here. Please welcome to the show, Deco. How are you, brother? How's it going, Sam? Deco, my man. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. I already like you. You got great energy. You got top shelf haircut. I mean... <laughs> You're winning. You're winning. I wouldn't want to be going out trying to pick up chicks with you because you get them all. <laughs> and I will get none. Uh, Deco, for those who may not be familiar with you, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners can find you? Great. Well, uh, my name is Deco Murder. Deco Murder is my artist's name. Um, if you want to find me, just go to Decker.fm. It's up in this little board right here. Um, simple. Just type it in. You can find my artist page. You can find my music. I run like a little radio station, so feel free to just submit your music to me and, uh, you know, I'll play it, I'll listen to it, I'll review it. Basically just trying to create an underground community of I artists love that. through connections. I love yeah. that. I love that. I love that idea. I think uh, people always complain about how bad music is. I think there's so much great music out there. You just, you just got to find the right mediums to listen to it. So uh, that's great. So you're an artist, you got you're you're creating an underground radio music movement. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Where where does your journey begin? Where where so, does the story of Deco begin? Well the story of Deco, the music one, it's not really related to this podcast. So we'll just keep that to the side and I'll come back to it later to show my music. But uh, in regards to this podcast here, um so I currently am a third year physiotherapy student. Um, and I also teach as a tutor at the university, uh, my local university. Um, and I teach physiology. So my main thing is teaching science. Um, why I teach physiology, I helped redesign the course a while back as a student input. Um, and they really liked me and they decided to keep me on. So I've just been teaching for a couple of years and I really enjoy it. I have a huge passion for physiology. This is kind of just one of the topics that I just love to talk about for days. So hopefully this is something that I can relay a lot of information onto you because I know you love well, uh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's very interesting. We have we're we're in a kind of time where I'm sure being someone uh, on campus, someone who loves science and all that stuff, like we're having this kind of like this new focus on science and how much should we just blindly accept science and how much should we question it and i i personally will always i mean even to my listeners who are listening i go question everything dude like question everything and uh so what is your thoughts on that because we're in a world right now and we'll get into a lot of your talking points but we're in a kind of place where like people look at science like a religion and i think that's dangerous yeah. And that's something that I want to break down. I've got like a little presentation today um, that I want to talk about. I might not get to it, but just to summarize my thoughts, I completely agree. I think there's a problem when it comes to dogmatism, where people think that if 90% of people believe in something, that that's going to be automatically correct. But the problem is, is you get new information. You get that like new 10% of people that go, hey, a second, this isn't quite right. And then the problem is, is you have to slowly over time convert the 90% of other people. And that takes so long. And it's a good thing because, you know, we got to have evidence-based practice, but at the same time, it's slow and it takes a lot of time to change the idea of someone's mind. A really good example is just archaeology, right? Like if you look at modern archaeology, there's no way the Egyptians built the pyramids, like no fucking way. But then, you know, we still teach it in schools. Yeah. You know, like why? It, I think we also are at a place where like, like in, we have a real 
real problem right now with lack of integrity mm. in, in, across our all, many professions. Even in my profession, whether it's stand-up, whether it's podcasting or whatever, there is a lack of integrity to be do the right thing and say the right thing and not just sit there and because there's a paycheck or clout involved, do, do lie. And just, you know, and I guess I, I'm really starting to wonder in my life if there's such things as facts anymore. Or do facts really exist anymore? <laughs> or do no. we have so much information that it's just like it all depends on what angle you're coming from. Pretty much, yeah. The only thing that's concrete is math. Like you can't change math, it's concrete. But everything else, Bro, you should be open to scrutiny. You should be able to scrutinize and go, hey, wait a second, this isn't right. Math is racist. I don't know if you've heard the, saw the <laughs> tweets, but math is. And like the people who say math is racist, like what does what do you think about the demographic you're trying to protect when you say that? Right, it, it it it's unbelievable how there's a group of people who think they're helping people by making it so they don't have to learn math. Could you imagine that? Like what that does. What, what to group somebody. are you referring to specifically? Any uh, group in particular? Yeah, like really far left progressives who like who like think like they're they're like dude. And just so you know, I don't know if you listen to the show. I'm a I I'm a uh, liberal. Uh, I'm very liberal. I'm, I'm not into, I think both sides of the political spectrum, the far extremes are way too loud and way too funded and they make the people in the middle fight. And that's every demographic, whether you're talking a, 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 a horizontal spectrum or a, a, a vertical spectrum. And as we're talking uh, politically, spiritually, or we're talking uh, financially and economic levels, right? It's like the extremes have way too much say in what probably the the the, the majority of people who I'd say sixty percent in the middle just want to get along, and be left alone, right? Um, I mean, they really they make the, the, not get along on certain details. But at the end of the day, overall, it's like what we say in recovery, look for the similarities, not the differences. You didn't think the M&M's needed to get re redesigned? What's that? You didn't think the M&M's needed to get redesigned? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And I know this isn't necessarily what you want to get into, but I, I find it, I, I would love to know your perspective of what you see happening on campuses right now. Is it, are you, do you... Is it challenging? And it doesn't have to be if you don't think it is. Is it? Yeah. Is <laughs> just just before I answer that question, Sam, I got a really quick question. When you're referring to liberal groups that are making math races, is there any group in particular that comes to mind? Are you able to just name them real quick? Uh, white, far, far left progressives. Any any specific group in particular? I just need a group. Like, uh, what, you mean like, uh, you know, uh, 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 white chicks against racist math? Like something like that kind of group? I don't know if that's a group. Maybe something BL something? Uh -huh. I just need to name it. What's the name? No, no, what is it? BL something? Oh, BLM? BLM? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, Marxism for sure. <laughs> I mean... That's what we're talking about. What is that up there about, man? I have a bingo card. I'm a huge fan of the show, and you've already got two things off the bingo card. One is Black Lives Matter, and the other one is Lizard People. You started off with that. So there <laughs> you go. If you get five in a row, you get a prize. Okay, but you're saying that has bingo, that has Black Lives Matter in it, or am I... 
Uh, so I basically got things that if you cross off the bingo list, like if you mention lizard people, you get like the lizard person on the bingo list. Oh, right? Okay, respect. So, so, yeah, if you get five in a row, I'll give you a prize. Okay, perfect. <laughs> what is the prize, by the way? Is there? A oh, prize? you'll have to find out. Sounds oh. kind of ominous. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, this yeah. is going to a weird com- place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> So let's get into no, it. I've well, been preparing well, this podcast for a while. By so the way, I, I, would, I would, I would. Can I know what's on the bingo card so I can just get it out of the way? Because I'm all about you're, that. You're a hundred percent most likely going to get everything here, okay, man. Okay, perfect. So I've yeah. talked about lizard people. Big, oh, okay. You ever see people? I'm all about that action. Is that on there? <laughs> all about that action. I'm all no, about that action. No. Yeah. That's a, that's also, I have to say, I think the last one was cheating a little bit. You kind of led him down that alley. Yeah, I would, I would agree well, you know, on that. He, I would agree. he was talking about. No, no, like, no, I wasn't actually because it was white people that were doing it. Yeah, yeah. So in court, I would get the word out I, of him. You know, you know to least. be honest with you, dude, in court, if I was the judge, I would throw out the the, the Marxist no. fist. I would throw it out. I say, I say, I say, you led, you you led. The witness, which <laughs> seems to be uh, uh, how it's going. So let's get into this because I have no clue where we're going with this, and it's uh, it's interesting for sure. Um, let's get into controlling systems. Tell me about it. Just before I do, I just want to go back to your previous point about the the campuses. So in regards to the campuses, yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's extremely liberal. They um they've mandated the vaccine on the campus. Um, and I remember going around last year walking through, and every group's like, yeah, let's bring in mandates, like you know the student action groups. Yeah. Now go to them. Like, is there any anti-vax like group here? Like anyone that's protecting my rights? Not a single one. Had to vote for freaking every single party that would you know take away my right. You Ridiculous. Know it's so interesting because what these people are doing, they're like, we want inclusion, stay out. Mm-hmm. Right? Stay 100%. out. So, and they represent groups at which they believe, and there is a history of it, have been marginalized. Mm. But what they don't understand is that they are doing the thing that they are railing against which is marginalizing people instead of bringing people in. It's like those days they would have where they, they didn't want any white people on campus, you know? Yeah. And yeah. This, I mean, it's literally what yeah. they did to black people which lets in the, you, during the civil rights era. But, but it also, yeah, Johnny, 100%, dude. It's, it, it's, it's really unbelievable how they're operating. But what I would tell you, Johnny, is that the people doing this are the exact same people. They're just now on the other side. And I've said this before. These are rich, white children. Okay? And in the 80s, they were, if you watch any teen comedy, they were the jocks and the cheerleaders, right? That Wanda wouldn't let the nerds play their, in their cool games. And now we flip it the other way. Now it's all the blue-haired bloggers and baristas who are all from rich families, rich neighborhoods. They're they're the same people. They're right. just coming from a different angle. So it it's always the same people. They're just now they flip the side that they're going after. And you know, people have been saying this a lot right now that we are going to see a right uh, a religious right backlash. And I don't necessarily think that's the answer to anything. I I think the truth is like live and let live. But that's what's coming. Don't you think partly that's what some of the Trump fuel was? Was that religious right backlash to all this bullshit? 
Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have that. I mean, because the truth of the matter is like, well, who who are the powers that be funding? And they fund the extremes to lead the other group in a different yeah. direction. Trump, Trump made them believe he was he was religious. Yeah, so funny, right? <laughs> like, yeah, they so literally funny. was like, they're like, look, he's religious now. Yeah. yeah. Talking about how he was reading. I was reading 2 Corinthians. Other day. Anybody who's <laughs> ever been to church knows that you don't call it 2 Corinthians. You call it 2 Corinthians, you know? <laughs> Two Corinthians walking through a bar. I think the right, though, has an easier chance of getting rid of their crazies than the left does. Because the left is defined by their empathy. And they can they bring themselves to tell the whack jobs on the far, 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 far left, shut up or go away. Because we're losing because of you. And, you know, you two... To, uh, you know, points for Johnny. Johnny's talked about how Bill Maher, who I have a lot of problems with, at least he seems to Me be, too, seems to be trying to push back. All right, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Athletic Greens. That's right. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a fun way to get my multivitamins, and there is no better way than Athletic Greens. That's right. Tastes great. Does the work. Makes me feel amped. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens. Okay, yeah. To help you start your day right, the special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging. All things holla at your boy. Okay, I love to throw a little orange juice, some athletic greens, some fruit in there, and then bang, bang, as I, I do it, as I salute the American flag. <laughs> and when I finish, an eagle lands on my... On my shoulder, and we just sing the national anthem because I love Athletic Greens. That's right. It's a lifestyle, okay? And it's a lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, keto, keto or keto, dude. I do keto. You do keto, okay? <laughs> paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free does not matter. It is all good in the hood with them, okay? Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificials, okay? Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, all right? Why not make it the best of the best, okay? It's important to choose a very high-quality fucking multivitamin with high-quality ingredients to get your body rocking, okay? It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Come on, dude. Athletic Green has over five, over 7,000 five-star reviews, man. You know you want it. Right now, it's time to claim your health and arm your immunity system with convenient daily nutrition especially heading into flu and cold season it's just one scoop uh, one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it no need for multiple millions of different pills and supplements okay just one simple scoop bro so this is what we're gonna do we're gonna make it easy okay take it to make it easy athletic green is gonna give you a free one year supply of immune immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
I've actually got a uh, presentation here. All right, so, I love this. I love this. This is great. <laughs> this is great. So the presentation's called Taking Control of the Body. That being said, feel free to name the podcast whatever you want because I'm not going to get through this entire presentation anyways. Um, just keep in mind that it is interactive. So the people that are listening, I will try and make it so that if you're listening, you can tag along. But this is a visual presentation. As you can see here, there's like a little mountain goat walking up the slide. Just want to say that I'm a Capricorn, so please forgive me. I went a little bit overboard. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, as I'm, I'm watching that, I think is it, that looks just like that one uh, Price is Right game, right? <laughs> or that, that guy's like going up the mountain. Yeah, and, uh, that was I love, my favorite mine game. Mine too, dude. I love that That was game. my favorite game. Go on. So uh, I love this, dude. Nonetheless, podcast outlines. We've got controlling systems. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. Well, I'll make sure that, you know, we um, take it nice and slow. We break down every single point. The second thing I want to get through today is breathing. Now, I actually ran through this podcast with the guys at the rabbit hole. Uh, shout out to the rabbit hole. Absolutely fantastic crew of people. Um, unfortunately, that Discord got nuked, but, you yeah. know, over time. Welcome uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the big dance. Yeah, yeah. But I love those guys so much. Really Yeah, do. they're good so, guys, uh, man. They're good guys. Yeah. And uh, again, like, I really love when, like, people get together, start their own brand, start their own podcast. And uh, this is a show that likes to help people. So uh, if you guys want to check out a great podcast and just a group of guys, check out The Rabbit Hole. Yeah, you can find that on YouTube, Instagram, etc. Nonetheless, I went through this with uh, some of the guys there. And uh, in an hour and a half, I barely got through the second one. Like, I only got halfway through. So uh, I kind of, I spent about two months on this entire presentation um, when the vaccine mandates kicked in Australia, I just had a lot of free time. So um, if you ever want to continue them, I can, or if we go through quickly, we might be able to get through some more. Nonetheless, there's tapping into the body. Pain is an output. Keep in mind that these first four here are going to be very much uh, scientific based. So while I will tell you like cool little intricate things about them and cool little uh, facts um, and, you know, some a little bit of conspiracy, they're mostly going to be grounded in science. I want us to be a little bit more informative. But it's a really, really important sort of backbone for the last two subjects, which are big oof, the medical system, uh, and what we don't know. So tapping more into, you know, future things that we're finding out within the field uh, in regards to physiotherapy, physiology, and just about the human body. So that's more like, you know, uh, that's far more conspiratorial sort of content. Yeah. Whereas in the first um, four systems, it's going to be a lot more scientific with, of course, my added input. Perfect. I'm in. I love Sweet. this. Thank you for your presentation. No, my this pleasure, man. My pleasure. Oh, he's definitely a teacher. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, just a quick disclaimer before we continue. Um, just because there is going to be some conspiratorial facts in here, I have to make note as a teacher as well, and as someone who is soon going to be a registered physiotherapist, everything I mentioned throughout this presentation is of my own belief, should not be used in lieu of evidence-based practice, the content is not intended to be a substitute for any kind of professional advice, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. And just to really save my ass, uh, basically everything I say is satire. So, <laughs> I wonder if I should do that before. That's what I was about show. to say. Well, we should add it's like a preamble. Yeah, we should have a, show. like a little uh, a little disclaimer. Yeah, just really fast. <laughs> Great. Well, the first thing I want to start off with: What do you guys know about the central nervous system? Do you guys know anything about it? That I I oh, think I did a lot of drugs and I might have fried mine. Sometimes I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, checks out. So the only thing you really need to know uh, for this presentation today is the central nervous system consists of your brain and your spinal cord. It is essentially who you are. It is your body, right? Um, and everything within your body stems from the spinal cord, whether it's 
movements or moving around or whether it's like even how organs interact with each other, that all the information goes from the brain throughout the spinal cord. So if I ever refer to the central nervous system, I'm basically just referring to the brain and the spinal cord. Make sense? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Great. So the first content here is going to be controlling systems. So as we mentioned before, um, now the key thing about controlling systems is um, we're going to go through a couple of things today. We're going to talk about parasympathetic and parasympathetic uh, systems. And we're going to talk a little bit about things like hot and cold therapy, as, uh, as you can see right here. So before I, I do begin this segment here, I just want to quickly ask you guys as well. Do you guys know much about uh, the parasympathetic sympathetic systems or as you might know them fight and flight? or rest and digest. Do you guys know much about them? I, I know a little bit about fight and flight. A bit. Yep. I was a psychology yeah. major. A little bit. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> you were a psychology major too. You should know all this shit. Yeah, I do know a lot of it, mm-hmm. and I live it, okay? I live it. Okay. As you know, I take Krafagak, so I always pick fight. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Actually, wait up. That's a... Uh... That's one on the finger card. Give me a second. Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Okay, what do we got? Well, Krav Maga. Okay, there it is. Oh, there oh, yeah, oh, got snaps. The right it went the other way. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, when it... <laughs> so your fight and flight and your parasympathetic systems are automatic sort of systems within the body. Uh, but my theory that I'm really going to propose today is that they're not so much automatic as you can control them. More so, you can only control one and the other one's more automatic. And that's something that should make sense by the time we get through this entire system here. Okay. Now, I've got a, a beating a beating heart here. Should they be going? Yep, cool. So as you can see, there's a beating heart. And on the left here, you've got the fight or flight. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm going to start off the heart because I just want to show you that everything in the system is automatic within your body. Um, there's a, it's, you could say it's designed a very particular way. Um, and it's very intricate and very simple processes that allow it to continue the way it does. The heart is very fascinating because from the day you were born, your heart starts beating, of course, until the day you die. If your heart stops beating, you die, right? Yeah. And we mentioned before that you've got your central nervous system, so your brain and your spinal cord, correct? Yeah. Now, the key thing here is your central nervous system doesn't tell your heart to beat, And that might be like a a very strange phenomenon, but basically there's a a complex chemical process that happens within the heart, a cycle. You can think of it just like a cycle that loops around. And from the day you're born, that cycle starts and it never stops until the day you die. It just continuously goes and nothing is telling it to beat. It is beating on its own. Does that make sense? Yes. 100%. Excellent. Crazy. Now, you've got two systems in your body that can have input on the heart. You've got what's called your sympathetic system and your parasympathetic system. So your sympathetic system's here on the left, this little green guy. We'll just refer to him as fight. That is your fight or fight, fight or flight, sorry. Um, And as I progress through this presentation, I'm going to break that down way more. So if you don't quite know what it is, don't worry. Just for now, the only thing you need to know is that the fight or flight will make your heart beat faster. Yes. Correct? For sure. On the flip side, you've got your rest and digest. So your rest and digest system will slow down your heart. So once again, the heart just beats on its own and you've got two systems in the body that go, hey, go quicker or hey, go slower. My theory today and that I'm proposing to you and something that's the cutting edge of science is that you can control one of these systems. One of these systems you can't, the one on the left, the fight or flight, you can't control it. There are some arguments that you can, and I will sort of break that down as we go through. But my main theory is that you can control the 
parasympathetic system, the guy on the right. And that's something that I will break down within this section here. Any questions so far? No, dude, I love it. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Well, let's start with fight. So the thing about fight is this. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I just forgot to mention as well. Um, the thing about fight or flight as well in parasympathetic, they're opposing systems, but it's key to think that they're um, they're not quite opposing in the sense that it's only one or the other. So I've got an example here in the center. It's, it's a tantric sex um, symbol. I'm going to break this down a little bit later, so I'm not going to go through it here. But the key thing to note is that you can actually activate both systems at the same time. That's why the idea that they're opposing automatic systems is kind of flawed. You can activate both at the same time. And a really good example, I'll just sort of spill it for you now, is uh, during sex. During sex, you need your parasympathetic system. So let me just grab my laser pointer. This guy here on the right, you yeah. need that guy right there in order to maintain a boater. But you need this guy on the left, the fight or flight sympathetic system, in order to ejaculate. Oh, so you, you can kind of have both systems on at the same time. Yeah, I, I would. That makes sense to me because it's like, is there anything more primal than that? Like, <laughs> I mean, that fits really. Wrong. When you said fight, I was thinking like when you're hooking up with someone's girlfriend. You yeah, know, you gotta be well, ready to I fight. Mean, you know, yeah. fight or flight. You know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. you gotta be ready to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with yeah, the boner yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have fought with a boner before. Which is very weird, man. But that fits into it, you know, and. It just kind of like if you even think about the whole way of like sex and, you know, sex for pleasure is like in human time. I think everyone's always enjoyed sex, but like how much of it was back in the day, like survival, right? Like mm -hmm. just you had to hit it quick before an like some animal came and ate you. Or just right. another guy, you know, right. came along and was like, yeah, hit it, hit it before kind of yeah. like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You got to hit it before the, the dude comes home. <laughs> And you got to get her pregnant. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, for sure, dude, for sure. You got to keep repopulating. Yeah, keep the I gene mean, for going. sure. So this makes sense to me. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Lucy Nicotine. Look, we are all adults here, okay? And I know some of you choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day, okay? Long, long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, okay, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume th their nicotine. It's a new year. Why not start out by switching to a new nicotine product that can make you that you can feel good about? Okay, listen. I know everybody. I know people who love this stuff. My buddy Chris Neff loves Lucy stuff. He uses it all the time, and I think it's just a great way. If you're gonna get, if you're into nicotine, and I know a lot of people in the nicotine, it's a great way to do it. Okay, so if you're enjoying using nicotine, you should definitely check out Lucy products at Lucy. Dot co that is l u c y dot c o and use the promo code tinfoil at checkout okay also i have to read this disclaimer to you warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical remember if you're interested in a better way of using nicotine visit lucy.co and you be sure to use the promo code tinfoil so let's start with fight or flight as i mentioned before now the key thing about fight or flight is it's based on hormones and you can't control it in my opinion so i've got like a little EpiPen here in the fight fight guy uh you know you've seen like pulp fiction we pump in adrenaline right so adrenaline makes you go right yeah so you have to go into that it's a very interesting sort of concept right now here's the interesting thing about uh, adrenaline so as i mentioned before 
This is a system that you can't control. It's based on input. So if you're if a lion walks into the room, suddenly you're going to have a fight or flight system. Now, here's the really, really interesting thing about adrenaline. The adrenaline is actually the neurotransmitter at the cleft of all the nerves in your sympathetic system. That might seem like a mouthful, but just think of it like this. You've got all the nerves that stem from the spinal cord and they go towards your organs, correct? Now, in your rest and digest system and in everyday life, when you're moving your muscles or you're talking or you're thinking, you're using what's called ACH. It's just like a normal neurotransmitter. You don't need to remember it. But the key thing is specific to this system here, there's actual adrenaline at the nerve itself being released to tell the muscle or organ or whatever to go faster. Right. Yeah. So it's not just this. It's not just a hormone that gets circulated throughout the body. It's actually used at the neurological clefts within the organs themselves. So adrenaline is key to the system here. If you've got adrenaline running through your body, you're going to get a sympathetic response. Make sense? A sympathetic response, yes. Sympathetic response, yes. What is that response right. one more time? So I, I truly... So a sympathetic response is your fight or flight. Okay. Just as like a lion walks in the room here, nice yeah. big scary cat, as you can see. If you ever forget, sympathetic is just the fight or flight. Okay, perfect. Um, and it's just as scientifically correct to relate it to fight or flight. Yeah. So you can just say fight or flight. Fight you know? or flight. I'm all about it. Beautiful. All right. So if you see a threat, such as this beautiful little lizard here, and in case you didn't know, that's my little avatar. So this little lizard, that's actually me. Let's, if you go Dekimoto, that's my lizard. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Let's talk about what happens when you get into fight or flight. So the first thing is, is you release adrenaline from the kidneys. So the adrenal glands in the kidneys, they're going to release adrenaline. Okay. Uh, and, you know, let's say your body sees a snake or whatever. The first thing it's going to do is release that adrenaline. The next thing it's going to do is it's going to make the uh, eyes sort of dilated. So it allows more um, light to come in. Yeah. I accidentally made a mistake there on the, on the slide. So sorry that it cut. Uh, the other thing it will do is it will cut the secretion in your mouth. So you'll just have less saliva. You actually have like a different type of saliva, but that's too complicated. We'll just <laughs> move on. Um, but obviously, as we mentioned before, the main thing it's going to do is make that heart pump faster. So we want to, you know, we want to get that adrenaline going. We want to run the fuck away from this lion, right? In the lungs, it's also going to make them wider so that you're allowing more air to come in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. The next thing it does too is it also cuts all the blood away from, not all the blood, but the majority of the blood away from your GI tract. So if you're eating, uh, or if you've got like, you know, a rabbit or whatever inside your stomach and a lion pops in the room, why would you spend your blood and your energy trying to digest your food? Your body is just going to cut all those like veins and it's going to send all the blood to the skeletal muscle so that you can get the fuck out of there. Yeah, right, dude, I totally yeah. get what you're saying right now, and it totally it's almost like when you're you're getting too you're cold, your body starts shutting down on uh, important yes. things. So on this, like when you're you're in a fight or flight, your body starts to shut down unimportant things to survival and starts to expand things that are important. Exactly, and we'll talk a lot about uh, cold therapy because I fucking love the cold. So we'll, we'll get right into that within this controlling system segment here today. Um, and the last thing it does is it's also just going to cut like your urine and shit like that. And obviously, uh, if you have fight or flight system, it's going to be really hard to maintain a boner because all that blood's going to be rushing throughout the rest of your body. So generally speaking, yeah, you can't well, have too much adrenaline when you're having sex. 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My That's junk, where, uh, my junk turtles up. My junk turtles up when it's go time, when it's fight time. <laughs> 
when I'm on stage, it turtles up. When I think I'm about to fight, it turtles up. It just gets shink and it goes right in. And I'm just, it's 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 all in protection. And so yeah. I totally understand. Well, what during you're... sports, so it does too for protection. Yeah, like yeah, it just like, turtle. Nobody's running around rock hard. Gives me a lot of respect for Mick Jagger because I've seen that dude. He's hanging some dong on stage most of the time. If you haven't noticed in his tight shorts. Well, I think I, I big think, respect to him. Yeah, totally big respect for him. But maybe he sees it different because me, I'm just going to war when I go on stage. You know, oh, yeah. good point. He's got so, chicks looking at him. Yeah, he's just. I got chicks looking at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what am I, an asshole? Set? Damn, XG. Damn, XG. God, got crowds of chicks, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I get got it. The no, but he's like the en- the the energy is where for me it's just like I'm up there about to drop bombs on these unsuspecting fools. They have to, you know, bongs I, not bombs not dongs. That's nah, yeah, me. that's fine. <laughs> that'll be a t-shirt. So I totally understand what you're saying. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, great. And and hopefully that's something that can help you out today if you're having trouble maintaining a burner. Uh, yeah. That's something that I can sort of teach you how to get out of this system here and get more into the other system. So the key thing about this system here is once again you can't control it. If you see a lion in the room, you can't control that initial adrenaline that's rushing through your body. Because the thing about that adrenaline is it's, it's um, how do I say, it's innate. Like you're born with it. If you see a lion, that's scary to you. There are certain fears that, um, that are a little bit different. This is something that uh, the rabbit hole asked me when I did that podcast with them. So I'm going to detour in here because I think it's a really interesting sort of rabbit hole to go down. There are innate fears that a human is born with. If you see a lion in the room, big, scary teeth, big eyes, that's going to be scary, right? Another fear that a lot of humans are born with, two that I can confirm, one is a fear of heights. Even though people can overcome that fear, everyone's born with a fear of heights to a certain extent. And the second one is um, a fear of drowning. Like if you're underwater, you know, if you're not breathing, that's fucking scary. Yeah, for sure. And I think we'll, we'll go into the breathing section as well. How about darkness? Then, how about darkness? A fear of dark. I don't care how tough you are. If there's like a weird, like dark alley or dark hallway or something, you get like, I don't care how tough you are. You're like, okay, dude, this might be something might be. I'm a little nervous, it's right? It's the unknown, right? And that kind of mm. comes from our primal thing with like why we tend to be afraid of the dark because that's when animals would show up, right? When we in cavemen. Jacked by a jaguar or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? I, I can't confirm darkness, but that, that, that seems plausible. That seems plausible. I'll take you have it. to have a situation where every single person, like every single person has this fear. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that's it. that's the key thing. But I can see that being the case. Unless it's something that we've been psychologically conditioned through Hollywood to like <laughs> to be afraid of the dark and then you've got people in the Amazon that are like, dude, it's chill, but you know. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, But back to the point I was making before. So there are certain fears that we're we're born with, right? And then there are some that we're not. So I for one think snakes are adorable as fuck, but I can tell you at least nine of the people that hate snakes, right? But the thing about that is when a person like that sees a snake, they will get that fight or flight response. Their heart will start beating. Their eyes will dilate. They'll be like, oh shit, it's a snake. I gotta get the fuck out of here. Or if you're smart, you'll stand still. Nonetheless, it's not a fear that everyone has, but it's a really interesting thing because you can overcome fears. And um, I'll I'll give an example of spiders. I used to be afraid of spiders and uh, I'm now not, I just, I literally am not afraid of spiders. 
terrified as a kid, but not anymore. And the reason is, is because I kind of taught myself over time that one, spiders are more afraid of you than you are of them. Secondly, I don't know if you know this, but spider, like when I found this fact out, I was like, oh shit, okay. Spiders can only see like 10 centimeters in front of their face, if that, if not like maybe like three or four centimeters. They are like blind as fuck. They, they can sense, they know where you are by their web. So if their web shivers or like vibrates, they'll like notice something's in the area. Or if like a fly lands on the web, boom, they're just going to run straight to that. But motherfuckers, they can't see what they're eating for the most part. They're blind as shit. What's the point of having eight eyes if you can't see, right? Right, for sure. And when I learned that, I'd always like freak the fuck out when I see a spider on the side of the room. But then just over time, I just tell myself like, nah, they can't even see me. Like, what's the point? Why am I afraid of it? You know, they're good. They eat bugs. But a, key, a cool thing is, is that they have this institute of um, fears in London and they deal with spiders, right? And it's a really interesting thing. So uh, one, one therapy they do is they put like a, a placid spider, one that doesn't bite on someone and that they, you know, they get conditioned to like keeping a spider on them that won't harm them. That's one thing. But the one thing that I find really interesting that they do is they, um, they give the person that's afraid of a spider a slideshow. Have you guys seen um, Fight Club, by the way? I'm sure you guys have seen yeah, Fight Club, right? Yeah, of course. Right? Of course. <laughs> you know the cinema when they're like, he's just splicing in like pornography throughout yeah. the movie yeah. for like a second? And people yeah. don't even like register it because it's like, it's so quick. It's in the movie too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dong. yeah. Oh, yeah. so they That's do it they, in the movie uh -huh. as well? Yeah, and Brad Pitt is, if you see him on a few frames before he appears oh, really? in the film. Oh, yeah, he's right. like just popped in a few times before he actually starts seeing him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They, he flashes. Appears, yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's crazy. Nonetheless, they, they, what they'll do is they'll show a slideshow of, like, clouds, butterflies, rainbows, fluffy bears, whatever, cats. Nice things to a person as they're watching it. And then they'll flash a picture of a spider so quick that the person doesn't realize they've seen it. In Fight Club, it's not that quick. But, I mean, it's so quick that you literally don't realize it. The person doesn't know that they're seeing spiders. And then over the course of 10 minutes, what happens is they start giving so many pictures of spiders that it skips the consciousness of the human and goes straight to the subconsciousness. And because they're getting more used to that threat without the perceived thoughts around the spider, that they start becoming conditioned and less afraid. And it has really good Wait, results. so is this like exposure therapy, but without, without any of the negative consequences, you know, like traumatizing the person? Yes. And, so and this is something that I probably won't have time to go through today, but it's in the presentation. It's this concept that your mind only perceives things in the past. Your mind, like your actual consciousness, when you're thinking about something, you can never think about something directly in the present moment. Because the moment you start thinking about it, you're thinking about something in the past. And that's also something that happens with your visual cortex. So if you're seeing something right now, even just seeing it, you're seeing something technically with a slight delay because the raw footage is flipped upside down. It's blurry and you've got a massive blind spot in the middle of both eyes. So your brain is constantly like using uh, information from the past and it's conceptualizing and it's creating a visual field in front of you. That's and then on top of that, your consciousness is breaking down that visual field. So it's a really complex sort of theory and something, as I said, I won't get through today, but it's this idea that your body and your mind, when you're, Looking at something, you're processing it in the past. And when you get the flash of the spider, you don't have time to process it, but you still visualized it. 
that, to, it goes yeah. straight to the subconscious. That is so interesting, man. It's just like how you're basically your mind fills in the blank, exactly. fills in the blanks. Uh, it can even fill in colors and patterns. It's an incredible thing. But once again, that's for another day. <laughs> yeah, but real quick before you move on, this goes yeah. into what I'm talking about, about how like you can't see shit if you don't believe in stuff, right? Which gets mm. into conspiracies, which is my whole theory is like the, there's no reality, man. There is a mindset. And a great example is, and uh, this is not for you, dude, for Deco, but for, <laughs> Uh, you know, flat earth, right? Let's take flat yeah. earth. It's my belief that you will find what you believe in. So I could take the person who is the, the, the most anti-flat earth human being in the world, right? And have them walk a tr watch a trailer for a movie about flat earth that proves flat earth. When he watches that trailer, he will be looking for flat earth. So he will see flat earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Like, cause his mind is looking yeah. for flat earth. So if you don't believe, let's say in Bigfoot, it's a confirmation bias. Is that what we call that? In a weird way. And, but it's almost like what he's saying as well is like your mind, even though confirmation yeah. bias, confirmation might, bias is the tendency to search for interpret favor and recall information in a way that confirms or supports one's prior beliefs. Or but values. see that, that comes off as like aggressive, right? Like in a weird way uh, okay. or weaponized can right? But Maybe. like he, what he's saying is that your body, your mind does this with what, what, like, if you go, hey, oh man. no, I was I was talking more about what you were talking about. But but uh, but do you understand? Like it's the it's the same thing that the mind does with mm. uh, from yeah. what I'm gathering from him from almost everything. So this thing that they say that conspiracies do, theorists do, well, according to him, is this is what our minds do on a daily basis all the time. Yeah, I mean, well, even prejudice is a you know a, a tool that the mind uses right. to, to organize things because because if we were laboring over those things over and over again, you know, we, it would take forever to just live your life and you you would be overwhelmed with conscious thought, which would drive you crazy. So like, let's and then you could even I you know I'm sure I said this a thousand times on the show before, but like even when it comes to sexuality, right? If you see enough stuff when you're aroused, whatever it is, right? Right, like, and, and like, if you see Tonka trucks all mm -hmm. the time, yeah. and you're aroused for some reason, there's a Tonka truck around. Like, you collect Tonka trucks as you like antique Tonka trucks, and you see. Uh, I bet this wasn't on your bingo card. Yeah, it's Tonka <laughs> yeah. trucks. Getting, on your getting horny on bingo card. Probably yeah, I, mean, I was, I was waiting for a silent moment. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but. But good luck on that, by the way, uh, is that it, you will become aroused by that because you now see it. You now you will be aroused by Tonka trucks. Like yeah. I, had a, I had a therapist. I had a I had a professor in college that was the number one sex therapist in the country. And he's like, I can condition you to be turned on by whatever I want to condition you to be turned on by, which is like my whole theory is what. Pornhub would do when it would make your suggestions on the side. It would just be bringing you deeper into these these fucking pornography rabbit holes. Is it kind of like when you buy a yellow card and then everyone has a yellow card? Like in a weird way where what everything you, just fucking everything just sees you see what, what you want to see. What you look see? for, you see. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So we're getting we're getting to what you're talking about right now. Your body is filling it in.
your mind is mm. filling in the blanks. Mm-hmm. That's something that we'll, we will get through another day, though. So we'll, we'll stick to the controlling systems, nonetheless. Okay. Moving on, anyways. Um, so as I mentioned before, your um, fight or flight system is automatic. It's based on hormones. You see a threat, it happens. Some will argue that um, it's not automatic. You can control it, but I would disagree. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Wim Hof is. Do you guys know who Wim Hof is? Yes. yes. Yeah, beautiful. So the, the Wim Hof will say that you can sort of... Um, uh, activate your sympathetic system. He will say you can activate your parasympathetic system too, which I believe, but he says you can activate your fight or flight. I disagree, um, but I do believe you can strengthen it in the way he does. So what he does is he, you know, he takes deep breaths, like big, big, deep breaths, right? Um, and then he relaxes. But a key thing about the, the Wim Hof method is as soon as you relax, you perceive no threat, right? And then as soon as you relax, you relax. So it's like you're going, you're peaking up, you're kicking into your sympathetic system, sorry. You're starting to like go deep breaths, your heart rate might go up a little bit, you're starting to switch on. But the moment that you stop breathing, you just drop back down. So it's kind of like revving your engine and like clearing your pipes. I'm not really great with car analogies, but that might be a good way of thinking of it. So you can kind of turn it on, but you're not really getting the adrenaline rushing through your body and you're not going to like stop the blood going to your blood vessels, uh, to your digestive system or anything. All you're doing is strengthening that system. So your ability to get in oxygen and to, uh, you know, allow the heart rate to go up a little bit, but it's, you know, as soon as you relax, it's like taking the keys out of the ignition. Another way you can think of it is it's like, imagine um, you were going down the road and you just turn off the ignition and then suddenly your car starts slowing down before it relaxes. On the flip side there, however, I suggest that you can activate the parasympathetic system, which is essentially as a personal in that car just drift off, turning on the brakes. And that's something that we will sort of break down a lot more today with once again, the parasympathetic system, the rest and digest. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. So what I believe that you're, you're talking, if I could break it down into dumb, dumb talk, um, that I'm, I have a black belt in and, um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of when like, like a boxer or an MMA fighter is in the ring. Right. Mm -hmm. And this guy is across him. He, they are about to engage in combat. The guy who is more calm, cool and collected probably is going to perform better then the freak, the guy who's freaking out, maybe like in your first fight, right? You're about to do your first mm-hmm. fight. You freak the fuck out and you do this energy dump and now you're too tired and you're getting hit hard and you're just, you're just freaking out. And the key is to, can you ma- breathe? Mm. That's definitely part of it. I think that, that that argument there will get more into the idea of a flow state. Um, and that's something I can break down a little bit more, but it's probably better breaking it down a little bit later after the controlling systems. Okay, go on. Um, if you want, we can come back to it. Uh, In that conversation. Because there is a, the thing about the flow state is you want a balance of birth because you don't want to be so relaxed that your body is digesting your food, right? But you don't want to be having so much adrenaline that you're making crappy errors and then you're stuck in your head. So there was like a bit of a balance between the two, but um, we'll, we'll get more to that later. Nonetheless, so your parasympathetic system is literally just the opposite of uh, the sympathetic system. Oh. As light goes in, uh, it allows more saliva in your saliva. It tells your heart rate to slow down. Um, oh, hello, can you hear me? 
We're all good. I, I think you maybe uh, tweaked your yes. microphone cable there or something. I and did. It, yes. Yeah, my bad. I should We're keep my foot off that. <laughs> um, yeah. It makes the lungs relax so that they're not as wide. Um, and then of course it gets that blood back to the digestive system. And once again, allows you to maintain a burner. And uh, the key thing here, the biggest difference between your parasympathetic and your sympathetic system is this. You don't have adrenaline, you don't have the adrenal cortex, you don't use you know, hormones throughout the body. And as I mentioned a little bit early in this presentation today, you use the exact same type of nerves on all these organs as you do on your muscles and throughout the rest of the body. So as opposed to adrenaline directly interacting on the organs themselves, you're just using the same nerves you would as if you, know, you were doing a squat or doing a bicep curl or something like that. So it really gives credence to the, the idea that you can control your parasympathetic system the same way that you can control any other muscle in the body. Gotcha. 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 I like that. I get that. Yeah. Now, a really interesting thing about the, um, as I mentioned before, it's the same nerves that are throughout the rest of the body. Um, and you've got uh, certain nerves that are prominent for the parasympathetic system. A big one is the vagus nerve, which is right here. So as you can see, vagus nerve. Now the vagus nerve is one of your 12 cranial nerves. It runs from the brainstem and it goes through like your heart, your liver. It basically does like everything in your chest. And it's just like one massive nerve. Um, and it, this is um, a really nice little sort of detour because a lot of people, when they talk about activating your parasympathetic system, will talk about stimulating the vagus nerve. Have you guys heard of the vagus nerve before? Yes. Yeah. I've had uh, a now lot of what, experience with it. What happens at, at the vagus nerve? Does it stay at the vagus nerve? <laughs> but what it's do you mean by that? Yeah. He's doing a, a Las Vegas. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go on. V-A-G-U-S. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's good. Okay. Thank you. Go on. I, I, I'm illiterate. Go on. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the, um, the idea I'm proposing is that you can control that system. So you can tap into that vagus nerve. Well, you can like bear, mindfully bearing down. It. You can cold water in the face. There are a bunch of ways to, mm -hmm. to activate it. And that's, right? that's the interesting thing about the vagus nerve is people suggest that there are ways to activate it outside the mindfulness ways. So some people will suggest like light therapy. I don't know anything about the light therapy, so I can't talk about that. Um, but there's two that I find really interesting. Um, and that's, so the other one I find interesting is sound. Um, so when people are meditating, they're like going like, mm. you get that vibration in your throat. That's like, they say that, you know, that, that could activate your vagus nerve, whether that's um, physically activating it through sound therapy is one thing, or whether it's just a mindful technique is another. Nonetheless, it's an interesting theory, but I also like the way that it ties into uh, ancient civilizations. So uh, you've had previous people on the podcast talk about how there are structures and cathedrals that emanate sound when people play organs and stuff. And that sound resonates throughout the rest mm. of the city in order to promote healing. It's the same thing. So how, how do we know that sound doesn't actually have an effect on the nerve itself, or at least the brainwave pattern, which further stimulates and um, influences the stimulation of the vagus nerve. So these are really interesting little rabbit no, holes. No, for but, sure. That's yeah. super interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So as I mentioned before, um, parasympathetic system is a system you control, and then your fight or flight is a system you can't control. So how do you tap into your parasympathetic system? That's probably what you're asking. Um, there's actually a few ways of doing it. Um, and we'll, we'll break them down here. Um, I'm going to start with a really simple one. This is just a fun one that I like to talk about is chili. When you eat chili, what is happening? Well, mostly you're, um, 
the chili, the, the chemicals are tricking your brain to you believing that your mouth is on fire, right? Like it literally just thinks it's on fire, right? Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing because essentially it's kicking into that sympathetic system. It's telling your body like, oh, fuck, shit, right? Gets the heart rate up a little bit, makes you sweat, you know? Your eyes will probably dilate. Um, you're t- kicking into that sympathetic system. Once again, you can't control it. That's going to be an automatic response. However, if you can tell your body that it's okay, if you can just ignore the burn, because your body can only focus on one thing at a time. That's something that uh, I will also break down another time later in the presentation. Um, but your body really can only focus on one thing at once. It can swap between two things. Yeah. So you can quickly think about this and quickly think about that to the point where you think you're multitasking. Yeah. But ideally your body can only focus on one thing at a time. And like, if you think about the brain, right? Like think about the brain like this, right? And you've got certain nerve pathways. Think of those pathways, even as your thoughts, you can take your nerve pathway down this way. I'm going to think these thoughts, or I'm going to think these thoughts over here. And if you think these thoughts over here, suddenly you're not thinking about these thoughts over here. Yeah. I get that. If you can tap into those pathways, you strengthen your parasympathetic system because you're telling yourself, okay, despite the fact that my mouth is literally on fire, I'm going to relax. I'm going to calm down and I'm going to ignore it. And the interesting thing here, and this is why Chile is a fascinating example, is despite how hot it is, if you can ignore that burn, your body is going to send these like chemicals as if you were on fire. These inflammatory chemicals or just chemicals to numb you out, maybe even mild opioids, who knows, just to relax you. So that if you're adapted eating chili, if you like chili, you'll find that as you uh, progress, you'll be able to eat, you know, hotter and hotter, but it won't affect you. And you'll get a really good sensation. Like you'll feel good because your body is like going relax. It's like chill. You ignore the burn. You get the good sensation. Yes. 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 I've always wondered why Mexicans like spicy. So it's more like. Uh, it's just super interesting. Can you train yourself not to freak out? You can 100%. And, and that's a really interesting thing. That's something we'll actually go through throughout the entire presentation. So not just the controlling systems, but the reason that it's uh, I've structured this presentation is that as we introduce points, we're going to come back and sort of reintroduce them and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so with the, the key thing too, is also like, you know, there are, there are certain people that can't handle chili, right? The key for them is to start small. Like, don't just eat the hottest chili in the world. You're going to have a fucking nightmare. No way you're going to have like a ability to just relax. But if you start with, and this isn't a joke, honestly, just start with pepper and just go, okay, that's fine. And then if you're white, maybe a little mayonnaise, who knows? But then as you start progressing and you start getting progressively like a little bit hotter, you can sort of just ignore it and go, oh, this ain't so bad. Move to the next step. And then you strengthen that system. You strengthen that pathway. And suddenly you're able to control that relaxation pathway, despite the fact that you've got hormones and chemicals telling you otherwise. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I, that makes sense to me. Train. This like this gets into something I've been really talking about is discipline, like mm. the discipline of uh, of going through the process, you know, of of getting yourself where you could eat the ghost pepper and not even care. Well, think about that guy on Hot Ones. I mean, I'm, you know, he's I'm sure when he started out, he's just a regular white guy. He's not, you know, one of these <laughs> cultures of 
hot stuff. And now he just chews on the hottest. He's like, this one, this one has made children orphans. <laughs> I mean, look at the guy across from him is almost dying every time, and he's just chomping down. You know, it's crazy. Go on. Yeah, for sure. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And once again, the, the interesting thing, too, is if that guy wanted to, he could feel the burn and he could start panicking. There are times like I, I'm pretty adept at eating chilies, but there are times if my mind's not in the right place, suddenly like mild is starting to burn me. I'm like, oh, fuck that's funny because he's done that. That's happened to him a few times. I've seen it where it like catches him, you know, if he's, you know, maybe like you said, not in the right state of mind and he mm. um, starts to melt down just like the guest. It's funny. Like yep. early. You'll watch him do it like Gordon Ramsay or something like that. I don't know, but he started like choking and stuff. Just like, like what was yeah. his mindset before he went? Yeah, in, that's you know? curious. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just, the same thing with your fasting. Maybe got disowned by his parents or something. Same thing. It's, it'll be easier and easier every day. People do what a week. Some people can do a whole week, and you're like, yo, that's exactly. crazy. And it's and you know, I'm a I'm a huge proponent of uh, fasting as well. Like I love it. Um, and there are if I'm ever having a bad day in the morning, which is pretty rare, or if something's not quite right, I'll notice that suddenly I'm hungry. Or you know, if, you know, it's it is what it is, right? Like oh, yeah. if I even if I focus on it right now, if I focus on it, my stomach is empty. But prior to this, I wasn't thinking about my stomach at all. So I just didn't think about it, you know? No, oh. 100%. I mean, like, you could even take that into, you know, everything that the news just pushes on you to get you all upset. Oh, terrorism's everywhere. COVID's everywhere. Men and women aren't getting along. Racism, all this stuff. It's like, once you think about it, it manifests itself. That's why America's fat. I mean, look at all the commercials. I mean, dude, you stop food, eating, food. you're like, everything's about yeah. eating. You stop drinking, you notice how everything's about drinking. You stop eating, you know, everything's about eating. It's unbelievable. Uh, COVID was on my bingo card, by the way. Oh, uh, what? Naturally. Which yeah, one? COVID, you mentioned okay. COVID. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned Oh, it. shit. What did I say gay stuff? When you, you were talking about, like, uh, LGBT people a while ago. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. that was part yeah. that that Johnny, Johnny no, mentioned. That he was one. like, yeah, "That's on the bingo card," and I was did like, I, "Yeah, it was." Oh damn, dude! Did I bingo yeah, yeah. yet? Damn, dude. you're close. No, no, no! I want you to finish this bingo card. I want you to finish. Okay, it. Come so on! I, I, I gave you easy ones. We're hanging for it. You're getting yeah. this big surprise. I don't even know what it is. I'm so nervous right now. Okay, <laughs> go on. Right. Go on with your presentation. Okay, so when we talk about chili, the next thing is um, sex. Um, no images for this topic. I'm not going to nah, fucking dial the motion uh, penis in or anything like that. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so sex is an interesting one because this is um, sort of notion of tantric sex. You, you guys know what tantric sex is at all? I do. Sting. These guys do. Yes. I wouldn't know. Sting. I know. Uh, very best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing about tantric sex is it's just, it's put it simply, it's just the idea of not coming, right? So not yeah. ejaculating. Um, and it's, it's based a lot in like Buddhist traditions, uh, monks will do it and stuff like that will refrain from ejaculation. Um, and you know, and when it comes to spirituality and esotericism, it's the notion of retaining your sexual energy and stuff like that. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick mostly just to scientific notions here, just to don't want to go down a path of esotericism just because we've already got so much to cover. But nonetheless, when, when I don't come, I call it tan- tantrums. Tantrum sex. Tantric sex is That's really weird. fascinating because um, we talked about before how you've got your, your fight or flight, which is responsible for your ejaculation. And then you've got your parasympathetic, which is responsible for your burner. Right? So ideally, theoretically, the idea is that if you don't let 
your body goes through that fight or flight. If you can stay in that calm, relaxed, parasympathetic system, you can maintain your burner indefinitely without ejaculation. You'll notice that if you ever do ejaculate, uh, even just from memory, that as you do, you start breathing a little bit faster, your heart rate starts going up a little bit, things get a little bit more intense, right? But then as you, uh, you know, if you would know if you've had a good burner or whatever it is that if, if you're relaxed, you can stay hard and you won't ejaculate. Like if you're relaxed, you won't. Keep in mind that the key thing here is I'm not saying go slow. I don't want you to guys to thrust like four times a minute. You can go as fast as you want, but no matter how fast you're going, no matter how hard you're going, you're staying relaxed. You're not letting your hormones raised because you will, if, as you get better and more adept at these systems, you will notice when you're getting into fight or flight. You'll notice that sensation of, oh man, my heart rate's going up. My, uh, my breath is starting to increase and gets getting more shallow. Slow down the breath, slow down the whole body, slow down the system, enter that rest and digest system. That's something I'm going to teach you how to do in the breathing section, in the next section, how to actually tap into it. Uh, the basis of this whole section here is mindful. So just thinking, you know, I'm going to relax, but you can also manipulate that via the breath. And so, that'll be so you're saying heavy breathing helps slow down the explosion. Slow, deep breathing. Anytime that I'm in the, the motion, I will focus on a rhythm of my breath, usually in for five or six seconds, out for five or six seconds. And if I can maintain that breathing rhythm, I'm usually there indefinitely. And if I ever lose that rhythm, uh, usually it's just a lack of awareness. Maybe I'm thinking about what I'm doing a little bit too much and I notice my heart rate grow up. Uh, that's where accidents can happen. So it's just about bringing it back to that, that rhythm, slow breath, staying calm, just tapping in the body. Noticing if you're calm. I, you know? I don't live the moment. Don't I, live the moment. I, I'm really amazed that women don't give us like, hey, I'd be cool if we can get about five minutes in. Can we do that? Like giving you like <laughs> a time, uh, 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 like a, a marathon, <laughs> like a destination, like a number. You're like, just give me five minutes in the pocket. Put a timer on there. Yeah, put a timer. Get the five. Anything after that, we're good. And so you're, you're, yeah. around, you're around two minutes. You're just... Heavy breathing, just come on, <laughs> don't let me down. She can tell you're not going as much as that. Like, you almost came home. Huh? Okay. Yeah. You start you start heavy breathing. You start slowing your breathing. Just give me three more minutes, man. I'm, I'm you just really, go down on her. Yeah, I like about five minutes of action if you could give that to me. I'm like, okay, I'll do the best I can. That's a lot of work for daddy. You, you mentioned before about how you like to go into total mode. That's something that you should try. Like if you're getting into that mode, just start slowing down your breath, try and relax the body, and then see what happens. Um, that being said, they're usually, uh, from what I, what I know is if you have something external, like obviously the lions in the room, that's not going to happen. Or if you've taken a bunch of drugs, it's highly unlikely you're going to be that adept at counteracting the, um, the adrenaline that comes of that, but in a natural state, slow breathing should be able to counter that. I, I yeah. love that, dude. That's what you guys got to do. You guys are, you know, real quickie, start breathing. <laughs> Johnny, I'm looking at you. It's that start simple, breathing. dude. You should look somewhere else. <laughs> it's that simple. Just start breathing. That's it. Yeah, we're over here taking boner pills when you just got to breathe. Yeah, just start breathing <laughs> I think that's... I think breathing is so important. People don't even talk about it. So, I mean, breathing, yeah, breathing is important. Really, yeah, man. Like, but like, you stop doing it. You fuck. Yes, I get that, dude. But like, uh, we'll, 
We've got a lot more to go with breathing. I've got a whole section on breathing. So right. don't worry, we'll, we'll break into that. I'm just going to finish off the controlling system section with hot and cold. So yeah, I mentioned a little bit, I'd get into cold therapy. All so right. cold and uh, hot and cold therapy specifically is probably ideally the best way to tap into your parasympathetic system. It's the best way. And that's why Wim Hof is a really big advocate of it. He goes like, you know, tap into the body just by like, you know, breathing and cold therapy, stuff like that. It's, the best way and I'll, I'll explain why so we mentioned before that there's a uh, fight or flight right <laughs> we've mentioned it plenty of times right um there's also freeze now freeze is is, is kind of like an interesting midway point between fight or flight in the sense that it's um automatic um but it's almost like a separate system so it's not quite fight or flight and it's not quite rest so it's still a state of panic. It's just like fight in that sense that it's automatic, but it doesn't have the same process. Uh, fight or flight has adrenaline. I'm not certain if freeze has adrenaline. I think it might have something else that corresponds to it. But as far as I know, it's kind of just local processes. So like if your hand is like here, for instance, um, and the air is cold around it, it's not going to send adrenaline to the hand. It's just going to have the effect directly on the outside, locally at the tissue. Nonetheless, this is a really interesting thing about fight or flight. So I've got this little table here. The table itself is really, really complex. Um, there's, there's additional things in here, but I just wanna break it down nice and smoothly into these three sections here. At the bottom, there's green, at the top, there's red, and in the middle, there's yellow, okay? Now on the bottom, it's green, it says BMR. That's just basic metabolic rate. All you need to think about is that's just normal temperature. If you're not, you know, going to cold therapy, everything's normal. It's just the normal temperature, right? Um, and yeah, so this is just every day. Now above it, you've got the yellow and the red zone. Okay. And you'll see on the left of them, it's got NST and ST. Okay. What that stands for is non-shivering thermoneogenesis and shivering thermoneogenesis. Okay. Now the top section shivering thermoneogenesis. What does that mean? That is the red zone. That is essentially your last resort. Meaning that when you're in that section there, you're shivering. You're like fucking cold, right? Like you're like, get me the fuck out of here. And in between your basic metabolic rates, it's normal temperature. And in between the shivering thermoneogenesis zone, you've got the non-shivering thermoneogenesis zone. And what that means is that's your ability to stay warm when it's colder, yeah, without shivering. Now, here's an interesting thing. This is a, a nice little balance chart, but if you took someone like Wim Hof, that red section would be yellow. He would never shiver because he's strengthened that non-shivering zone so far that he just wouldn't even shiver unless it was like, I don't know, negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit or something, right? Yeah, frostbite. But yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing, right? Is the fact the fact that most people would not even have that yellow zone, right? Like that yellow for them would just be red, meaning that as soon as the body temperature leaves, like the basic, you know, 37 degrees, they'll start shivering because they're so weak, right? It's it's a it's a really interesting <laughs> phenomenon, right? Fucking weak bitch. Yeah, weak bitch. Exactly. And it's because we've conditioned ourselves over time to have warm environments. Like we wear warm clothes, we use a heater in our room. Um, and like I live in Brisbane, Australia, and you know, it drops about 
15 degrees, maybe 20 degrees maximum in the winter, which is nothing like the, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but in Celsius, it's like, it will go to maybe like 15 degrees, which is essentially like, um, in Australia, like your fridge would be four degrees and a freezer would be like negative four or whatever. Right. So like 15 degrees is not even that much. People like start shivering and they start wearing jumpers. I just walk around in like a shirt and I'm yeah, like, it's fine. I, I, I can tell you, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was called the moment I walked outside the Buffalo airport. Oh, I just forgot where you just came from. 59 degrees. Yeah, I just Fahrenheit. went from just normal to uh, <laughs> weak bitch. Quist. <laughs> now, but someone someone who grows up uh, in, a, in a hot climate, would, would they now tolerate warmer temperatures uh, uh, yes. better than, than someone who yes. grew up in a colder climate? Great question, Johnny. I'll, I'll break that down when I get into hot. I'm just going to stick with cold for a little bit. Though, right, okay? But but there, I mean, everybody's a weak bitch at something is, is kind of my point there, right? Yeah, uh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to move on from here. I'm just going to quickly explain what happens first when you get cold. Because once I explain that, then it will make sense why we have that sort of zone. Okay. Now, here's an interesting little fact. If you were to take all the veins in your body and wrap them around the earth, you have so many veins that they would wrap around the earth two and a half times, right? Yeah. Like it's just a phenomenal amount of veins. And of course, if you're Sam, uh, they will also wrap around the, the flat earth two and a half times too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if, you, if you want to know what my opinion is there, I, I believe in the science. I believe what the scientists tell us. Um, and as Neil deGrasse Tyson says, it's pear shaped. Nonetheless, we won't uh, expand upon that any further. Cool. So moving on, when you get cold, right? What happens is, is all the superficial blood vessels start to constrict, okay? Which means they get narrower. And when I say superficial, I mean all the blood vessels at the surface of the skin. There's another little diagram here, as you can see here. The guy on the left, or they, them, or whatever, <laughs> has all the blood vessels throughout the body. And then the guy on the right, you can see I put these little clamps on, and now suddenly the blood towards the superficial area is blue, right? Which means yeah. that there's just less blood there. Now, the, the key thing here, the reason we do that is this. Your blood in your organs needs to be a certain degrees. It needs to be like 37, 38 degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what it is in Fahrenheit, sorry. But if your body deviates away from that temperature and that blood starts circulating through your organs, that's basically death, right? So your body has a system in order to protect the inner organs, which is essentially that freeze system right there. And as I mentioned before, what it does is it constricts all the superficial blood vessels in the body so that all the warm blood will stay around the center of the organs. And if you don't do it, as I mentioned before, you'll die. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. Great. So as I mentioned before, this system is automatic. Your, your body does this in order to protect itself. Um, so that, you know, when, when people are shivering, they're trying to keep the center warm. Now, when you expose yourself to cooler temperatures, these blood vessels start to constrict, as I mentioned before, automatically. The thing that's really interesting is a lot of people actually have quite a strong system already at a baseline. Um, humans are innately born with a, a, an amazing ability to resist the cold. It does need to be strengthened. So like, you know, not to say that everyone has uh, the same baseline sort of experiences with cold, but nonetheless, 
everyone should be able to handle a cold shower for a few minutes. Like everyone should be able to handle it. How cold? Just, just <laughs> put on cold, uh, f- full cold. Um, if it's in the winter, it might be hotter, but if it's in summer, just normal cold temperature. It's kind of like the chilling analogy. Like don't start cold, cold, just start with a cold shower, even just 30 seconds and start building that system because just like any other muscle in the body, you can strengthen those muscles around the thing and it happens automatically. The key, however, is not to panic. You'll notice anytime you go into a cold pool, a cold pool is a great example. You go into a cold pool, you're like, you take a deep breath and then after a minute you warm into it. Everyone has that ability to do that, right? But if you panic and you shiver and you get out, you're going to be fucking cold, right? Um, So the key thing is to relax. And if you can tell yourself to relax despite the fact that your body is in a stressful environment, once again, not quite adrenaline, not quite fight or flight, but that freeze environment, your body is stressing, your body wants to shiver. It's going to like, it's going to go, Oh, let's shiver. Let's try and get as warm as possible. And you ignore that. You go, I'm not going to shiver. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to slow down my breath. And regardless of how cold it is, I'm going to stay relaxed. It's an excellent way to tap into those neurological pathways to enact the parasympathetic rest and digest system. Does that make sense? 100 percent dude oh fantastic 100%. i got a 100 percent on my binger card give me a sec i was waiting for oh, it perfect. there's a 100 in there me a, yeah. uh, <laughs> so i gotta get i gotta i mean i i'm it doesn't look i need one more by two the more, gay flag oh wait let's take a look I need by oh the gay yeah you need flag. two more the, the center is free so it you get a free one in the center we need two more on the right i just need one more you'll, you'll do well so what what well, I believe you're also talking about is like there's a conditioning that goes on, but there's also like in a weird way, because I just had a discussion on uh, Zero with a Rob Emerson who who's on the ultimate fighter. Zero is on my banger card, Zero. It's on there. Give me a sec. Come on, give it to me, dude. Give it to me. I better there we go. You really What's want up? that gift? Now. Oh, man, we got to go really high. I didn't know. Oh, by was- the way, by the way, if you get multiple rows, multiple gifts. So oh. it's not just one row. It's I mean, multiple. dude, I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm all about that action, dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to yeah, say yeah. things. But he was talking about how, you know, like, if you go into a fight and you 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 master, you know, stillness, it changes your DNA. In mm, a, in a yeah. weird, you're not the same person that was before that moment. And I wonder if this is a lot to do with that as well. It's like this, this training goes on. It's like, okay, am I, if I'm training this stuff, am, is this a mental thing that I have a mental blueprint or program in my Or yes. am I, yes. a, is this a, I didn't get to get the second part. Maybe it's the second part too. Okay. <laughs> or am I just a different person now? And this is in my, in my DNA. I can't comment on the second one, definitely the first one. And it's not just strengthening of the, the mindset and your, the way that you think, but it's also, also strengthening a physiological system. So again, we talk about systems here. It's this idea of training the system to get stronger. And then with that training, the mentality to go along with it. Okay. And over time, as you get better, like as you start doing ice baths and stuff like that, you'll find that, you know, as you, as I said, when you first get the ice bath, the first thing you do is panic. You're like, <gasps> your eyes will dilate. It's suddenly time goes by so quick when you first start doing ice baths. You're in there for about 
four minutes. The first three minutes feels about 30 seconds. And the last minute feels about 10 minutes, right? Because you're just panicking and you're trying to relax. And in the moment you relax, you're like, oh, fuck, I've got to be in here for another minute. And this sucks, That's right? Super um, yeah. But it's, it's strengthening that mindset. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really good way to tap into controlling systems. And then as you develop each of these systems you talked about, I've, I brought up chilies, I brought up um, tantric sex and obviously cold therapy. There's other things and we'll probably get through them as we, as we move forward, like exercise and stuff. But as you get better at relaxing the body, you strengthen your ability to tap into that parasympathetic system. That's the key thing. Yeah. That's super interesting, man. I love that. I love that. I love cool. all this, man. It's all discipline. Discipline. That's yeah. That's it. Discipline. Everything. It's like, it's like the hermetic principles. Everything is mm -hmm. mental. 100%. So the next thing I want to talk about here is um, heat, just as uh, Johnny mentioned before. I don't want to go too much down this hole here just because um, I'll be coming back to it <clears throat> pardon me, later in the presentation. Um, I just want to just explain the difference between the two. Um, so the, the biggest difference is, is instead of constricting the blood vessels, it uh, dilates them. So it just it opens them up so that more blood flows to the surface of your skin, which allows all that heat to leave the body. So, cause the outside environment's hotter. So the heat will sort of dissipate from it um, and it'll cool you. So usually like uh, you'll sweat and then that sweat will evaporate and cool your skin. So it's basically like the opposite system. And once again, it is automatic. Johnny asked before, is this system like also strengthening people that can resist the hot? Yeah, hundred percent. And I'd even argue to agree to a certain extent um, burns and stuff like that. Uh, you can resist burns or even temperature. Um, there, that's something that I would once again, talk about later in the presentation, but I just wanted to sort of clarify the difference there between heat and cold. So hold is constricting the blood vessels, whereas hot is dilating them. So allowing more blood to go to the surface. It is worth strengthening this system here a little bit. There's a lot of research that shows that it has really good effects on the cardiovascular system because you're opening up the blood vessels. It's forcing your heart to beat faster and pump more blood throughout. And, and just as I mentioned before with Wim Hof, like it's good to strengthen that system. So anytime that you do need to pump the blood, the heart's a little bit stronger in order to do so. Um, but I don't think it's as vital as cold therapy myself. It's also nice. But once again, the benefits of it is something that we'll talk about later when we talk about pain, pain therapy and stuff like that. That's where it has more benefits. Cool. All right. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about within the controlling system segment is um, people that control the systems to melt snow around them. That's a, that's a really fascinating thing. And that's really? something that I'm, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent certain how this works because everything that we've, we've talked about so far has been based on scientific basis, right? Like everything is purely scientific. We're not making shit up as we go here, but the process of how a monk can warm its body up so quickly or so, sorry, so hot that it can literally melt the snow around them and can repeatedly do it. And not just one monk, but many monks can do it. It's fascinating. And they do it via a breathing technique and a little bit of mindfulness. I forget the technique specifically, but it's a belly breathing technique. So like big into the belly and they imagine like a pot of fire or something inside their belly. And yeah, they literally get so hot, hot that they melt the snow around them. So in this circumstance, it's not that they can just control their body in a way that allows them to stay warm, but go warmer. And that's, that's really interesting. And as I mentioned before, it's all done via breathing, which is the next segment we're going to talk about here. 
because breathing is a very fascinating rabbit hole to go down to and also ties really nicely with the um, controlling systems. So any, any questions before I move forward? Well, the reason I love this, man, is because now we start getting into like how powerful is the mind and how powerful mm. is energy? Like, yeah. So it's my whole theory that like all this stuff that somewhat you see in the Bible, I know we have people that are like, oh, it's based on the stars. It's based on this. And I think that's 100% possible, right? It's definitely possible. Uh, but I look back and then we get into like, you know, Tataria, ancient civilizations, like how powerful were their minds? Yeah. Like, can they control, like getting interdimensional? Like how powerful is this, are your mind? Can you do like some straight up Harry Potter shit with your mind? Like how powerful of a mind, how powerful is a mind in, that you can control energy enough to get so warm that you could, you could melt ice, melt ice. Is it mm. possible? I think so, man. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, so you mentioned, uh, Interdimensional realms yeah, that yeah, goes yeah, on the yeah, bingo yeah. card. Give me a second. Come on, man. Give me, give me something. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, like it's that's connected. A, it's connected. A crazy bingo card. When you agree, like, how big is this bin bingo card? It's five by five. Five by five. Is that a normal, Johnny? Will you look up what a normal bingo card is? <laughs> Assuming I would know this information. Well, Johnny, <laughs> you come from bingo people. Make no doubts about it. Yeah, I think it's uh, <laughs> normal bingo card is five by five. Yeah. It's five by five. So you've got two instances there. We've got three in a row. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. Well, I have three instances of three in a row. I have three. I'll say this, Sam. I'll say luck. this. If you invite me back on, we'll continue the same card. Okay, perfect. And Johnny, you should know about bingo because you grew up on a farm and old McDonald had a farm and, and a dog and a bingo was his name. So it all, listen, dude, I'm working on levels you don't even understand, okay? It's 3D chess right that's there. A, that's yeah. more like some schizophrenic more shit. Like is what it's like 5D chess, okay? <laughs> some Go shit on. somebody's mumbling themselves in the street out front. Johnny, it all works, bro. Man, yeah, yeah, yo. Uh, bingo was his name. Oh, uh, five by five, five by five. Bingo, bingo. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, it's all connected. It's there a crack. There we go, Where's Johnny. Confirmation bias. Go on. The this guy's like, I want to get into breathing, and Johnny's <laughs> crying about being a farmer. Go on. Crying about being a farmer. <laughs> Love being a farmer. Go on. All right, so uh, we'll start with the the free. So the idea of uh, controlling your breath to con control the breath, uh, and that's something that we, um. I mean, uh, obviously the ability to tap into those parasympathetic systems when we, we spoke about Wim Hof before. Um, and, and the key thing here is obviously, once again, that as soon as you relax, as soon as you turn off that ignition, that you, the threat is no longer perceived. But in cold, the, the threat there is constant, right? Uh, and do you guys know much about how, like the Wim Hof method? Have you guys done it before? I have not. Okay. I'm going to break it down nice and simply. I'm also um, within this breathing section here. I'm actually going to get a little bit scientific. So I'm actually going to teach you certain things. Um, I debated whether I should in the first place, but I think it'll be very ne much necessary. As I said, when we move further down the presentation and I want to make points that I have to come back to. So there is going to be a little bit of teaching here, um, but hopefully you guys will enjoy it. I'll start with the Wim Health method itself. So you might be asking, um, you know, how do you do it? Um, honestly, if you want to get into Wim Hof, just look up Wim Hof. I just want to talk about a couple of tips that I would give you when doing it. Um, most certainly I want to teach you what happens when you breathe 
itself. So do you guys know much about the breathing mechanism? Do you guys know what's involved, like the lungs and the diaphragm? Do you know anything about that? I know. I know a lot. Actually, what do you know? I'd love to hear what you know about breathing. Other than weed goes in my lungs, I don't know much. (laughs) God. God. Yeah, nice. nice, nice. You got it. You got another bingo. (laughs) What? What did I do? XG? XG? The weeds. There we go. Weed. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, the top there. Cool. It's above the LGBT. Okay, perfect. 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 All right. So, moving on. When you're breathing, and I'm going to use my body as an example too, so not just the slide. Okay, you got a diaphragm right here, okay? When you breathe in, your diaphragm contracts. It, like, engages. And what happens with the diaphragm is the diaphragm goes down, okay? Now, I've got a picture here of a jug. So this is a nice little jug analogy, okay? Now, as you can see, I've got the arrow pointing to the jug. Do you see how there's, like, the blue water kind of at the bottom of the jug? Yeah. 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 Think of that. Think of that as your diaphragm. Now, at rest, if I'm just staying here normally like this, the outside um, pressure of the molecules of air is going to be at like 760 mercury, right? And if I'm just relaxed, the pressure inside my lungs will be the same, 760. Does that make sense? Yes. So the pressure in the outside air is the same as inside my lungs. Yeah? Yes. Great. Now, if I take a deep breath in, what's happening? My diaphragm goes down. And just as I have in this picture right here, can you see how that diaphragm went down? So now we've created a lot more space. In creating more space inside the the jug, or I guess the lungs in this case too, um, you create more negative pressure because the same amount of molecules are inside there, but there's a lot more space. If that's confusing, I will break it down with another visual demonstration just after I explain the process to make it a little bit more clearer. All you need to remember now is that when you take a deep breath in, the diaphragm goes down, the pressure becomes more negative. And then obviously the the air fills in. And then when you breathe out, the diaphragm comes back up. And then obviously there's now more pressure inside the lung. So it, it shoots the air out. Keep in mind, the really interesting thing about the breathing mechanism is you are not forcefully pulling in air. Like imagine like you've got a rope. You're not pulling the air. You're literally just manipulating pressure. You're bringing down your diaphragm. So you're contracting your diaphragm Mm. and then the pressure decreases and then you relax the diaphragm. So the diaphragm just relaxes. It comes back up and then the pressure relieves. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah. It's a really fascinating mechanism. Um, And yeah. So uh, another key thing, and this is why uh, a key point I want you to remember, because we will come back to it in future slides, um, this idea that with the diaphragm itself, it's a very unique muscle in the sense that it doesn't really have an antagonist. Now, when I say that, I mean this. Let's say you've got your bicep, okay? If I squeeze my bicep, the bicep right here, on the back, I have a tricep. When I squeeze the bicep, my tricep is the antagonist, meaning when I extend the arm, now my tricep works and my bicep relaxes. It actually keeps tension in there both ways, meaning that when I squeeze my bicep, you're actually putting tension through the tricep, passive tension, don't need to, get in, don't need to worry about it, but just know that it's, it goes both ways. So as you squeeze one muscle, it engages the other. Your diaphragm doesn't have that. Your diaphragm literally just engages. It, uh, you squeeze it, it goes down. And then when you breathe out, all it does is relax and go back up. 
You don't squeeze it back up, meaning you can take a deep breath in forcefully. And, the pressure and then just relax. Just, you're, you're saying there's no yin and yang. With the diaphragm. That's a really key thing when it comes to Wim Hof. You kicked your, you kicked your yeah. cord out again. <laughs> <laughs> no yin and yang. No yin yang, dog. Oh. <sighs> Sorry, one sec. That's all right. We're back. Sounded good. That's. I think you got it. We good? You got it. Yeah, yeah, we got, got it, it, bro. I think you got it. It like goes to my webcam microphone. Sorry. Yeah. So there's no yin and yang, and um, this, this is important for a couple of reasons. Um, I will just clarify very quickly when you are doing excessive exercise. So when you're, you're, you're moving a lot, you will have certain muscles that will uh, assist the exhalation. Uh, you've got like muscles within inside your ribs. You've also got like just your abdominals themselves. When you squeeze in the abdominals, it helps push the air out. So it's, it's not entirely true, um, that you don't have opposing muscles to the diaphragm. But those only engage when you're forcefully breathing out. So like you're exercising, usually like peak, you know, sprinting or something, or if you're really like, like squeezing everything in. But 99% of the time, like especially 100% of the time when you're sleeping or just day-to-day -day life, all you're doing is breathing in, lowering the diaphragm, and then just letting it relax. Now, that's a really cool thing because um, when it comes to the Wim Hof, this is something that you want to develop when you're doing the Wim Hof method. And once again, I'll talk about the benefits of the Wim Hof as I, as I move forward. Um, but it's also really important because, you know, some people have tension and have problems of breathing that they might be like trying to like breathe in as much and try and bring that diaphragm down, but they don't have that ability to just relax it. And that's something that can, um, as I said, we'll go through a little bit later down the presentation. Nonetheless, um, I hope you guys find that interesting. Just the mechanisms of breathing. I love all of it. Fantastic. I got a visualization here with like little molecules. So you can see that there's, I don't know, like 10 molecules on the outside and one on the inside. And then when we lower that diaphragm down and we open up the mouth, those molecules will come in and then they'll fill that space in. So that should be a nice like visual diagram to kind of figure out what's happening with the, the air. That makes sense. Yes. Great. Now, as I mentioned before, the key thing about Wim Hof is the idea is here is you're trying to take 30 deep breaths in. Okay. Now with that, the whole point is, is you're not trying to breathe out. You're just literally strengthening this diaphragm. So the diaphragm goes, whoop, whoop, whoa, one second. I actually went to the very end of my presentation. Oh, I'm all second. about Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. No, right <sighs> oh, Bitcoin oh. is not on the bingo. It is on the bingo yeah. list. That's why I just spoiled it. All right. I'll give you a free one. I'll give you a free I'll one. Give me a free B Bitcoin? Dude, I'll yeah, play yeah. this Bitcoin. game all day. At the, at the price right now? Bitcoin's not the prize there. But there you go. You're an extra one on the list. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know if that would ever come up anyways. So there you go. You have a free one. Is that a lizard person right there? The weird white face? Is that a white face lizard person? Uh, yeah, it's it's the it's the it's like a lizard person with a um a white mask on. Oh, okay. I, I've been really lazy with this presentation, but I've actually I can skip ahead to different slides, and this was supposed to be my lizard person slide. It's so a it's great got, like, slide. It's got like the NPC meme, and then the. Can I love you see it, it all. I love it. Did I say NPC? Oh wait up! As you can see here, yeah, this is a slide. So it's got like me on the right. It's got the NPC on the left, and then I love the, the lizards at the party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually got different slides for each one. So there's some that have like unique animations. So right, like cool, um, cool, cool, 
cool. Mm-hmm. No, nice. I'm gonna just jump back to it because I'm gonna follow. You better not be second. giving us NFTs, by the way. I'm just that's all I'm gonna say. Why? If the gift is an NFT. Why can't I get an NFT? No, I'll no, take one. I want an NFT and I want it now. <laughs> okay, so uh, about the, the Wim Hof once again. So um, when you're doing the Wim Hof method, this is where some people can get messed up. Um, is when you're doing it, you're trying to strengthen the strength of the diaphragm pulling down. You're trying to get in as much air as you can all in at once and then quickly relaxing the diaphragm to come back up. But you want to be able to relax that tension so that you can give the diaphragm a rest in order to come back just as strong the next time. Because if you forcefully breathe it out, that diaphragm might still have tension. So when you're doing the Wim Hof, what you do is this. You go 30 deep breaths in. Relax. I will break down um, a little bit more as we move forward. The key thing, if you're just doing it for the first time, just start with the mouth. It's just honestly get as much air in as you can because the benefit is we're trying to get is we're trying to create space in the lungs and also strengthen the diaphragm in order to pull down. The goal is not so much to get more oxygen. It is, but um, I'll break that down just a little bit more in a second. But the goal, once again, as much air in your lungs as possible. And then, as we mentioned with the uh, in the first controlling system section, it's not so much that we're turning on our fight or flight system. We're not turning on our hormones. No one can actually make their heartbeat faster. We can make our heartbeat slower, but we can't just go, I'm going to make my heartbeat beat 200 times a minute. I know that there are certain monks that can with certain breathing patterns. And once again, everything I'm trying to teach you here is at least based in scientific theory until we can understand how they tap into those, uh, their systems, whether it's through manipulating threats, you know, they're thinking there's a threat. I don't know. I can, but I can tell you I can that you about can control just, the parasympathetic. You can get rock hard. Oh dude. If I start thinking about death and spiraling, yeah, I can get my heart rate right on up there. Yeah. Yeah, I think there you do that for sure. There you go. For sure. But in a way you can't get into that system without thinking that. Oh, for right? sure. You, not. Can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you can't just go like, I'm going to make my heart beat faster, but you can go, I'm going to make a bit slower. Now, as I mentioned here, uh, just start with the mouth because honestly, the goal wants to get in just to get as much air in as you can. However, and this is something that I really want to drive home today with breathing is absolutely vital that everyone breathes through their nose. Nose breathing is one of the most important things that you can do to your body. And I'll tell you why. So number one, it filters the air, right? It, um, you know, any, dust particles or anything like that in it, which might not seem like a big deal, but Hey, if you're trying to transfer oxygen through in the lungs and there's a bit of dust in there, it's not going to transfer as well. Right. You just, you gotta, it cleans the air for you. The second thing that it does is, um, it's really important is that it cools, sorry, it warms the air as it comes in through the nose and it cools the air as it leaves the body. Right. This is a really, really important concept. We talked a bit before with the cold therapy that when you get cool air on the surface of the skin, that the blood vessels will start constricting. The exact same thing will happen to your lungs because when you open your mouth, uh, yeah, the lungs are technically continuous with the outside environment, right? Yeah. Your heart yeah. is inside your body, but your lungs are technically continuous with the outside environment, which means if you breathe in cold air, especially through your mouth, yeah, that cold air will reach your lungs and it will constrict the blood vessels at the lungs. So you're getting less oxygen in and it'll probably hurt too. If you're in a really cold environment, right? Yes, yeah. for sure. For sure. So for sure. it's a longer path, but it cools down the air and the, sorry, it warms down the air. 
it also cools the air as it leaves. It's a chemical process, complicated, don't need to know it. But the, the last two things I want to drive home is this. One, it adds nitrate to the blood, sorry, to the air, yeah, or, or to the blood. I'm not quite sure, actually. Nonetheless, it adds nitrate to the process. And what that means is you actually absorb far more oxygen. So not only are you breathing in, like, warmer air, yeah. Not only is it cleaner, but now there's a chemical that's involved that wouldn't have been involved if you breathe through your mouth, which actually allows you to absorb the oxygen more efficiently. And the very last thing, it's just a simple point. It's just the fact that it's a longer pathway, right? So it basically slows down the mind. It slows down the system. Like once again, taps in that parasympathetic a little bit more, which allows for greater concentration. So yeah. Any questions there so far? Breathe, man. Breathe. Yeah. Breathe, motherfucking. And breathe through the nose. Breathe through the nose. Mm. No more mouth breathers. No more mouth breathers. It's really interesting because a lot of a lot of animals can breathe through their mouth, but only humans do. Uh, I've got a, a cat. I don't know if you can see him just there. Her there. Um, yes. Cats can breathe through their mouth. They take a massive yawn. Of course, they can breathe through their mouth. But you've never seen a cat breathe through its mouth. It always breathes through its nose. Always. Humans, I don't know if it's like socially that That's we've so done interesting. it. That's so interesting, right? Unless they're unwell, though, right? Like you see sick yeah. animals, like dogs and cats, and they start panting and breathing, and then and then, yeah, know, that's the only time I've ever seen them do it. Exactly. So I I personally believe it's uh it's a condition that we've learnt over time, like we observe mouth breathers, because once again, it's not just the consciousness; it's the subconsciousness. We see other people mouth breathe, so we think it's acceptable. Um, if you go to tribal societies, none of those people mouth breathe; they're all nose breathers. It's a fascinating phenomenon. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that's like really specific to the Western civilization for the most part and Eastern to a certain extent. Um, and a huge amount of problems can come. Just before I talk about the problems, I just want to talk about horses. Very interesting. Just a fun little fact. Horses, I don't know if, it, if, it's, um, if it's evolution or anything like that, but horses can't breathe through their mouth. They can only breathe through their nose. And just an interesting fact, because I had a friend that had a race course. Well, not a race course. He, he worked at one, sorry. Um, a, a way that if they ever if you ever wanted to kill a horse, it's literally just put ping pong balls up its nose. You could silently kill it and no one would know how the horse would die. Don't do this at home. Whoa. Don't do this. Uh, we don't, don't need do a bunch of horse murder going down. Uh, everything I see is satire. <laughs> everything. <laughs> but yeah, just, just, a, just an interesting thing. But, um, but for the most part, most animals can breathe through their mouth. So yeah. But um, I, I, I only bring up the horse because <clears throat> I like to use this example of... Uh, sort of marathon animal, like animals that sprint, take a look at a lion running in the jungle or whatever, you will never see a breeze through its mouth. No matter how fast it's going, it's breathing through its nose. Um, and the horse is obviously the exception, just literally because it can't, but it's always breathing through its nose. Um, but the last point I want to bring up is actually um, Usain Bolt. I'm not going to show its video here. Everything that I'm showing today actually is free use. And it's either like my design or free use. I don't want to use anything that I can't use. Um, Can we use this bingo card? Are we allowed yeah. to use it cop for copyright reasons? The bingo card. I made the bingo card. Yeah, it was a bad joke. Oh, just like bingo? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we got to pay uh, Johnny's farm the bingo money. <laughs> Johnny gets bingo money. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, the, the, I can't show you here, but if you take a look at Usain Bolt, fastest man in the, in the, in the world, when he sprints, especially in slow motion, that guy breathes through his nose and i can tell you the people in last breath they're a little bit of a mouth breather but no matter how fast he's going he's able to keep that breath through his nurse it's impeccable that's the only time that i've been told to breathe through my nose like 
specifically where they're like, stop breathing through your mouth was during sports. Yes. Other than that, no one, I, my, I mean, I'm, I'm a nose breather, but my dad never told me like, hey, that's not good for you or the Breathe pollution. through your nose. Yeah. Hmm. Breathe through your nose. Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I, I used to be a mouth breather. And it's one of those things where you have to kind of like teach yourself over time. A really good way was just putting a little tape in my mouth just to, to keep me from going from my nose. Um, and, you know, interesting because like we talked about the Wim Hof method before. As I said, if you're starting, just start with the mouth unless you're already adept at breathing through the nose. The reason is, is you're not going to get as much air in and that takes a while to develop itself. Um, I did the Wim Hof maybe for about a year before I started like training it with my nose. It took me about six months to properly actually do the Wim Hof through my nose. Cause I get like a nose collapse, like <sighs> collapses and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, yeah, you, if you start Wim Hof, just go for the mouth, but any other time of the day, go for the nose, like Always breathe through your nose unless you're doing the Wim Hof. For sure. Um, yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you uh, a few reasons why. So I, I told you the benefits. So real quick, real quick, because we got only about three minutes left due to baby mama and gotta go. I, I have a short time. So Okay. So let's jump to, and we'll have you back on this. I got about three minutes left and I got a jam. Let's, right. I've, I've done about 50 slides out of 250, so I can keep going all day. Okay, <laughs> so let's get to the final, wrap it up. The, what, what do you want people to get from this as we go into our just, last three minutes? Just learning and taking in information to develop your life, right? Like you want to take it, like these, these are things that uh, contribute to your health, contribute to your well-being. Um, then yeah, my, my for me, me personally, thing, I just like teaching people, man. Like it's my thing and I hope that people learn it and incorporate it into their lives. Well, I think it's a lot more than that. And I think you're, you're, uh, just trying to be a little bit humble. And, but I think that the biggest thing to get from this is that like, again, the hermetic principle, everything is mental. And if you, if you learn, if you, if you use discipline, to control the inside of your body, you'll control the outside of your body. And that to me is so important. And, and it's just like, we are just taught that like, we, we don't use any, uh, any uh, such a small part of our brains. And we, you know, we're, we're just monkeys hurling through space. And I just like, man, you're way more powerful than this, man. You're way more powerful you have to take control of the mental part of your life you want to ascend you have to take control of yourself mentally everything is mental your life is not shit you just think your life is shit and therefore it's manifesting to be shit those who change their perspective on in their life will change Everything else about themselves, everything will change. Does that mean you're not going to have turbulence in your life? No, there's always going to be turbulence. You have to mentally change your life, man. And it's through discipline. This whole episode is just a, a fucking TED talk on fucking discipline, man. It's like, it's so important. Nothing else matters. Your mind is everything. It is a uh, it is a holographic universe of energy, and you mentally can manipulate it for yourself if you mentally change your mind. Now you're like, well, why can't I get a million dollars? Guess what? You're on a path, man. 
okay? You're on a path. And you can mentally change how you deal with that path. If you get the fuck out of your own way and start using your head, using your mind, you're really freaking powerful, man. And that's what we got to end on because daddy's got to go see his daughters. He hasn't seen his kids in a couple days and he misses them very much. My man. What are their names again? Ghost and Ninja. Give me a. Give hey, me a, there we go. Did we get close? <laughs> Is it just one? Oh. Ghost and Ninja. So we're yeah, close. Yeah. So close, bro. So close. I think he did it on purpose. Nah, we'll continue it. I'll uh, continue the bingo card. We'll do it. Deco, this was a we'll great conversation. I hope people really appreciate and understand it and start to kind of. Uh, do you have. Uh, so you have. You have Deco FM. Is this where they can yep. come and find everything you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, connect me through here. I got my email, stuff like that. I got a Discord if you want to join that for music-related things. Um, so this is the radio here. I do reviews right here, uh, as you can see here. And if you want to listen to my music, please do. Uh, I've got an album. Uh, if you liked my presentation today, I spent about two months on it. I spent about 18 months on this. So it's quality. I recommend it. Please listen to it. And uh, yeah, absolute pleasure coming in today. Hope I can return. Brother, you crushed mm-hmm. it. I appreciate you coming on. And sorry we had to end it, uh, even though we did go, uh, we we did a nice chunk, but we have to end it early. I'll continue here. exactly off where I'm off last All time. All right. It's fine. Pin this conversation. We'll do it again. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope to see you in Long Beach. Only a couple tickets left again. And hope to see you in Bakersfield. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody, for enjoying the show. Thank you so much. We go deep, homeboy. Open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.